as you can tell, I really like to give you all time to talk with one another. Um, and because you know what I've discovered in church life? Most of what I say, you don't remember. <laughs> I used to think, I used to think that people actually remember what I preach. You know, I used to think, well, you know, that point, that must have really made a big difference in their life, you know. And then when I started to talk to people, I started to realize that some people, it's what, I, what they claim to have heard, I didn't even say. So they say, well, I really like this part of your message or whatever. I say, well, what part? And then they say, and I, say I didn't say that, <laughs> right? Because people are thinking all kinds of things. I know you're thinking all kinds of things while I'm teaching. And so often you remember a very small portion, you know, maybe 10%, 15%. So, so I've learned that what really makes a difference with people in church life is that they start to make friends with other people and that they start to talk with other people and they start to get to know a little bit about somebody else. And, you know, that doesn't offend me at all. So I try to give you chances to do that um, as much as I can, even if that looks a little bit uh, unprepared. Um, I really like it when I see that. So I, I, you know, seeing you all take communion together and talk with one another and pray with one another, uh, that's very, very special. That's what the church is all about. So in that light, I want to do a subject today that I don't know that I've heard people preach on too, too often. It's usually reserved for classes or groups that meet on the side, uh, but I want to talk to you about church membership in the 21st century <laughs> and what use is church membership nowadays. Um, and you may say, well, yeah, I'd really like to know what the point of all that is. Uh, you know, you just got through a series on didn't see it coming, and now you're covering church membership. That sounds really boring. I mean, doesn't that mean your name gets on some list? And, you know, it means that uh, maybe they'll bury you when you pass away because you're a member. <laughs> or if you, if you want to get married, I guess they'll marry you if you're a member. Isn't that what it means? Like, of what use is this today? Isn't this a kind of an old, archaic thing? Like, what, of what point is this today? Um, a lot of that has to do with the way people think about the word, but I want to talk to you about this and the relevance of this even in the 21st century, but I want to make it very interactive with you. This is a smaller group today with the traffic and the cold, and I don't know what it is. You know, it drops 10 degrees. Do you have your snow tires yet? How many of you don't have your tires yet, like me? Okay, so everybody's a dancer and panic. They don't have their snow tires. Do you remember the days when very few people use snow tires? Do you remember those days? We called them all season, which meant drive them until they're bald, right? And we drove them until they were bald or we had a blowout and we had, there was no law about changing your tires. There was none of that. And we all did just fine. So if you don't have your winter tires, don't panic, just drive slowly. But if you don't get them by December the 15th, you might be in some legal trouble, all right? But you know what? My, my appointment's on Wednesday, all right? And I actually drove to the United States yesterday and back, and we were quite all right. We drove nice and slow on the road. But anyway, what use is church membership today in the 21st century, and how does it relate to our church? Yes, yes, yes. I will be, at the end of this uh, um, message, I will be asking you, if you would like to become members of this church. 
And so this is the membership class, if you will, because we don't have any membership. We're brand new. Like we're a brand new church. Did you know that? In the church world, when you're 26 months old, like that's a baby. That's like tiny, 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 little, tiny, little baby walking around. All right. So we're brand new. So we get to create all this stuff and do all this stuff from scratch. Um, so I really want to hear from you today as we go through these different these different points. <coughs> and I'm going to make it very, very easy for you uh, to become a member of this church in, in many ways. Very easy. Uh, in other ways, you, you you may have to think about it before you say, okay, I'm uh, you know going to make a bit of a commitment here. But I want to explain this to you. And um, in terms of our church, just to give you a little bit of what's going on and you know wh- where we've come from and where we're going, uh, this church started in mid September, 2016. Um, even before then, we had a group of people who were meeting and preparing. And training and getting ready to 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 launch uh, and and all of that. How many of you you remember you were you were in my house, you know, with those meetings, and then we would meet in the Cineplex, and we were preparing and training together. Put your hand up if you were there. Yeah. So some of you you survived this long. Congratulations. Okay. And usually, what happens when you when you launch a church is. You know, you get to the point where you launch it, and then a whole bunch of the people who you who you had with you who who helped you launch, they say sayonara, and they and they leave, and a whole bunch of them did. Uh, I was warned that this this was would happen, and I didn't really believe that it was true, but it happened exactly as foretold, and that's fairly normative when you launch a church, and it happens for all kinds of reasons. But anyway, we've come this far. And uh, when we started, we met uh, in the movie theater, which is, you know, just a stone's throw. If you've got a really strong throwing arm, I suppose, a stone's throw away from here. Just just you can walk to the movie theater. We met there on a Saturday morning, which is really bizarre. Uh, most churches do not meet on Saturday mornings they meet on Sunday mornings. And we did that because it was available. We couldn't get the Sunday. And so we said, well, we'll we'll try the Saturday no one else is, so we will. And so kind of unorthodox, unorthodox place, unorthodox day. Um, and we also did something very, very unorthodox. Maybe some of you know, maybe some of you don't know. But um, when, you, when you launch a church nowadays, you, you, if you're smart, you'll do it with the help of somebody else. And nowadays they have these actual church planting networks that will help you and train you and prepare you and help you to launch your church. And if you go through all of their stuff and you go through all of their processes and you, you, you pass all of their tests and their assessments and all of their this and all of their that, guess what they give you in return? Money. <laughs> and so the network that we planted with was City Reach Network, which is a U.S.-based network. And the name of our church was City Reach Brossard. We were all excited. Yes, yes, yes. But we did something extremely insane and unorthodox. They gave us money, and we said, we don't want your money. Take your money back. So it was 15 grand. So bye-bye, we don't want your money. Very unorthodox. We also did another unorthodox thing. Not only did we have money from the network that we planted with, we had money from the national office of our, of our family of churches, the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, and uh, we said to them, we don't want your money either. 
it was even more than the 15 grand. Okay, I'll tell you just between you and me, uh, it was another $30,000. And we said to them, we don't want that either. So they had sent it to the network and we told the network, send it back. We, we do not want to live off of the handouts of people. People want the church to happen. The people have to pay for it. So we're not, we don't, this is never, almost, I don't know of one church, one church planter that has ever done something so insane. But we said, no, we don't want to owe people money. We're going to do it that way. And you know what? God has been very, very, for whatever reason, very gracious to us uh, in the first two years and change. Uh, really interesting to see because, um, you know, the way that the numbers look, at least, it's kind of like the amount of money that we said we don't want is the amount of money that we now have extra in the black. Go figure. That's really weird. <laughs> Say, I don't want this money. And it seems like God kind of gave it to us in a roundabout way anyway through the generosity of people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just as a principle. But anyway, uh, we, we launched the church. We come this far. And then, we, then I started to hear from people. Oh, I've invited my friend and my family member. And you know what they say? You know what the first question they say is, why do you meet on Saturday? <laughs> I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. They're doing this. They're doing this. They're doing that. Why do you meet on Saturday? Or, oh, that's different. Why do you meet on Saturday? But it's always the first question that people always hear. Same thing, same thing. And now I suppose when you're inviting your friends, um, you don't hear that. You probably hear, oh, you meet in a hotel. Okay, that's interesting. Why a hotel? But you're not hearing the why Saturday. Because we heard that enough, and I heard that so many times, and even when I invited people, I heard it so many times, and so we said, well, let's switch to Sunday, and that precipitated a move to this super nice building, which they built just for us, right? We watched them build it from scratch, and as soon as they started building it, I started looking at it. And I started to wonder, hmm, I wonder if they have any meeting space in there. wonder if they have any conference space in there. wonder how much it will cost. And, of course, I was pestering them before the, the building was even finished and calling them and calling them and calling them. I want to take a look. I want to take a look. I want to know what's in there, blah, 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 blah. So now we're here, and we've been here since, uh, what, mid-September. So October, November, you know, whatever October, November, two months, two months, and you're the engineer, not me, okay, so a little bit more than two months we've been here, do you like it here, I like it here, how many of you parked underground, oh, look at that, yeah, oh my, yeah, so it's nice when it gets cold outside, you go park underground, all the slush and everything falls off, it's really, really nice, so uh, so we're here, and we're here for now. We'll see what's happening. We see new faces. We see new people come. The Sunday thing, wow, all of a sudden, visitors, new people, nice to see. What's that got to do with membership? Well, when you think about the word membership, here's the big problem that people have, and here's why people don't understand it, and here's why people think it's archaic, because they define it in a really, really strange way. So uh, the material for today is from the best book on church membership that's out there. It may be one of the best that's ever been written and may be the, one of the best that's ever been written for a long, long time until somebody comes up with a way to explain it that's better. 
but it's from Tom Rainer's book, I'm a Church Member, and here's what he argues. He says in his book, and I tend to agree, did you know, first of all, that most churches of our general stripe um, across North America are either flatlined or they're in marked decline. By this, I mean less people go, less people engage, less people contribute. It's going like this, dwindling. And in his research, and he did about a decade of research on, I think, 500 churches, he found in the United States alone, 90% of the churches that he looked at were in decline, 90. We often think that the United States is the promised land of churches. Um, I was born in the United States, and there's places where you can go there where it's like there's churches everywhere. They're on every street corner, you know. Supposedly, the president, every time they elect a president, they're a Christian, right? It's a joke, just getting your, getting your attention. Um, and he says this in his book, Tom Rainer, and I tend to agree, having, having been in the church world for, you know, a couple of decades plus. The reason, or one of the reasons why we see this is because the people who are part of these churches have an understanding of membership that is erroneous, unbiblical, and comes from a totally different place than the Bible. And he calls this the country club membership. So... And he compares this to New Testament membership. So I'm giving you, you know, two different ways of defining what being a member in a church means. So in the country club membership or maybe a golf club or maybe a gym membership or whatever, well, you pay your thing and you, you receive, right? So you consume, <laughs> you receive, it's a, it's a club and you, 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 you're there because you get something out of the thing that you're, uh, you're a member of. It's um, you, you receive, you consume. In, in the New Testament, the way that it defines membership, and yes, the word is in the Bible, it's the opposite. You're, you're giving and you are contributing rather than receiving and consuming. The two are completely, completely opposite. So let me just pause there and, and give you just the, the reality of what that means. So this, this church, this group of people, this assembly of people runs only because people participate in it. Only. Even at an average attendance of 65, which is considered a small church by today's numbers, um, even with that attendance, one family cannot run everything here. One group can't run everything here. You have to have a high percentage of people who say, okay, I believe in this, or I'm willing to contribute somehow. I'm willing to do something to make it happen. And it cuts across ages. It cuts across, I mean, all different kinds of people. I mean, look at these fine gentlemen at, this, at, at the electronics booth. Don't they look good? Okay, well, if it wasn't for those guys... You wouldn't hear anything, you know, you wouldn't see anything, you wouldn't, you know, what about the people who play the music every week? What about the people who are out with the kids right now? What about all of those moving parts? That's because people say, I want to contribute, I want to use the abilities that I have 
to make the things happen. Yes? So uh, you do more than that. It's not just you using your abilities and your gifts and talents. Uh, I'll give you three T's. Your, your time, because it takes time to do this kind of thing. Like these guys are here early. You, you probably don't realize this, but whenever we don't have our drummer or a drummer, we have an electronic drummer. Have you noticed this? He has a name. He's called Beat Buddy. He's a little box. He's really amazing, Beat Buddy, because Beat Buddy has no ego. He's, he is not a diva, you know. He's not a rock star. He doesn't walk in with his leather jacket and his sunglasses and say, hey, I'm the church drummer. Nope, Beat Buddy, we put him in a little box, and, and we, just, we just walk him around like this. And the thing about Beat Buddy is he needs to be told what to do because Beat Buddy, he's a computer. He's just a, he's just a dumb box in the end. But Beat Buddy, he does his job really well. He just needs to be told what to do. So somebody has to tell Beat Buddy how they want him to beat. Somebody has to plug Beat Buddy in a computer during the week and say, Beat Buddy, we're playing this song so this is how I want it to sound. Do you understand, Beat Buddy? It takes about two and a half hours to program a song in Beat Buddy. And so the guy who does that is Justin. He's over there, one of the handsome guys at the sound booth, you see. And so he'll spend, you know, two and a half hours on one song. And then we'll go, we'll plug Beat Buddy in. And it's like, wow, there's drums. Where are they coming from? It must be magic. No, it's not magic. Is Beat Buddy. Uh, Beat Buddy, though, he's very merciless. He has no mercy. He has no compassion. He has no empathy. He's a complete sociopath. He's a complete selfish, narcissistic box. So if you can't keep the beat with Beat Buddy, Beat Buddy doesn't care. I don't know if you've noticed that. In any case, somebody has to do it. Somebody has to do the job. And not only that, Somebody has to, guess what, pay for Beat Buddy. So Beat Buddy, he cost a few hundred bucks, one-time shot. Guess who paid for Beat Buddy? You did. Guess who paid for everything that's here? You did. Guess who pays for this room that we're renting? You are. Uh, I am too, because I give also, just so you know. Okay, no free rides for the pastor. All right, I give too. Guess who pays for the coffee outside? You do. You get the parking for free, I suppose. But see, everything is a result of your contribution. Now, this is an unusual church because this is a church of 65 people. And 65 people are able to sustain a pastor full time. That's very unusual. I do this full time. Now, I've played around in a little bit of bivocational stuff and gotten odd jobs on the side the last couple of years, but not, not because I need to eat. So it's very unusual that you all are able to, to sustain uh, a pastor full-time at this size. That means that there's some committed folk in here who know that it, if it, it, it doesn't happen without contribution. And you may think that I only work on Sunday. That's not true. I wish that were true. This is really easy, okay? When you've got to respond to, you know, people's hospital visits and this problem in their life and that problem in their life and all of the things that pastors do that you don't see, wow, it really, really adds up. So receiving 
rather than uh, than giving, there's a big difference there. And just just to give you you know cold hard numbers as a because it's just us this morning, um, this place that we that we move into costs more money than the theater. It costs a lot more money than the theater, about sixty percent more than what we were paying over at the theater. Uh, so we knew that, and we got a short lease here because we said, "Well, God, you know we have to leave." And so we we walk by faith, which is what we've done since the very beginning. Uh, so we'll see what happens. So we're watching very, very closely. We look at the numbers very, very closely. Now there's a there's an actual leadership structure in this church. So it's not only me and my family who try and run things. We have a, what's called a pastor's council, which is a very small group of people who represent the vision of this church to you all and to the, the community at large in some ways. So I don't know if they're here. Diane, you're here. Can you wave at people? She's on it. Uh, Luciana, uh, Viano's wife, who's out with the kids, he's on it, or she's on it. And uh, Paul Patterson, who's also outside with the kids, he's on it too. And we've been, wow, we've been really, really busy. Yeah, again, you don't know this, but there's people contributing their time. Uh, we have now gone to the Canada Revenue Agency uh, in view of the fact that we changed our name, which we had to do because it was an American name, blah, blah, blah. But we've gone to the Canadian Revenue Agency, Canada Revenue, we said, hey, we want to be a real church. <laughs> we want to we wanna be able to run our own thing, and we want to be able to give people, you know, income tax receipts for their donations instead of doing it under the district, which is what we do now. But we want to do our own thing. We want to be able to run ourselves, and they have helped us to go to the CRA, and we're waiting and watching and praying for a response from them to, as they say, get our ducks in order. But as we look at this place and we look at the cost of this place, together, myself and, and my wife and the council, we, we're watching the numbers very closely. So here's how it adds up, just so you know. Again, just between us, all right? Um, just so you know. If, if every giving person who gives consistently in this, in this church, um, and there's about 45, maybe 50 people who do that, you might give once a week, you might give once a month, you might give once a year, might give once every three months, whatever it is, but you give more than once, you know, a year, let's say. If everybody who did that, here's the cold hard facts for you, if everyone who did that gave an extra 50, five zero per month with no growth, in other words, with nobody new coming in, with nobody new giving, if everybody did that per month, which is about 12 bucks a week, we would be able to stay here. We would be able to sustain it even with 65 people. That's very, very, very good, okay? When you take a 60% increase in your rent, man, is it quiet. It has got so quiet so quickly. Just telling you cold, hard facts, all right? Just between us. So we're watching to see, uh, you know, where it will all go. And when you plant the church and when, you, when you're renting, you always have a plan B, uh, in my case, I have a B, C, D, E, F, right? I have many, many <laughs> options, you know, if something happens, who knows, you know? So we're watching closely. So that's life. But it all runs on you giving. You know, we're able to do something like give baskets to people. We're able to do something like the back-to-school bash. We're able to, to touch our community. We're able to, you know, give to missionaries, one in Haiti, uh, the, another set in Africa. Why? Because... You all give. It all runs because of you. In country club membership, it's about being served uh, rather than serving. 
uh, it, which is New Testament. In country club membership, it's about rights. Um, in New Testament membership, it's about responsibilities. You see the difference? So in country club, it's about entitlements. I get this, I get this. In New Testament, no, it's about sacrifice. So the end conclusion of country club membership is you become a CEO Christian. Do you know what that means? It means you're a Christmas and Easter only Christian. CEO. That means you come to church on Christmas and Easter only. Or a wedding or a funeral. Okay, maybe that too. <laughs> and so that's really not church membership at all. If you look at the Bible, uh, the Bible has a whole different set, and that's what you see on the right, okay? So here's your first, your first thing. If you become a member of this church, this is what you're saying. You're saying, I will be a functioning church member. I will do something. <laughs> I will function. I will give him my time, talent, and treasure in some way. So Paul, in the New Testament, he uses the illustration there, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, for just as the body is one and has many members, there's that word, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. So the image that's used in the New Testament is like a human body. And you each, each person is like a part of the body. You ever have a problem in your body, like pain? Do you know that pain can come from a really small, small, small thing? Like you could take a tiny little pebble and put it in your shoe just as an experiment, a really tiny one, and put it kind of right up against your big toe or maybe in the ball of your foot, just that little pebble. And you, it's amazing how you feel the pain of that. And it's amazing how you start walking differently. It's like your whole body is bent out of shape because of the tiny little pebble in your shoe. This is kind of the illustration that Paul uses. So for him, you can't be a member of a church and do nothing. You've got to do something. Give of your time. Give of your talent. Give of your treasure. Give of something. A functioning church member. Number two. If you're a member of this church, it means you're a unifying church member. That means you contribute to the unity of the church. So guess what the opposite of unity is? It starts with G. As an example, the, 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 the thing that defeats unity in the church, hands down, starts with a G. Gossip. Yeah, gossip is probably the most popular thing in churches that will detract from the unity of the church. So Jesus said this, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have gossip for one another. No, if you have love for one another. So, so people in this world will observe those who call themselves Christians and they will say, my, they must be followers of Jesus, these people, because they love one another in a really different way than what we're used to seeing. This is what Jesus is saying. And yet so many times in so many churches, you have splits, you have factions, you have disagreements, you have conflicts that are unresolved. Why? It's often because of gossip, which is a very popular thing in the culture, but it's a disease in the church. Ephesians 4, Paul says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling 
which you have been called to with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So here's how it works in church life. You hear someone gossiping about somebody else. You know what you do? You say, stop it. <laughs> you stop it in its tracks and you say, stop. I've seen gossip in big church. I've seen gossip in small church. I've seen it in all contexts. And it, it is a destroyer of people. So if you hear it, you stop it, and you say, on the authority of the badge of City Point Church, you stop your gossiping now. You have the right and the responsibility to stop it and to stop it dead in its tracks if you're a member of the church Number three, I will not let the church be about my preferences and my desires. So they have to sing my song my way. They have to dress this way. The carpet has to be this color. The preacher has to preach this sermon. The preacher has to look a certain way. No, I am not Stephen Furtick. Do you know who Stephen Furtick is? The pastor of a ginormous church in the United States got big, big muscles, looks like a movie star. No, I am not Stephen Furtick, and I will not be Stephen Furtick for you. So you don't get your demands because you're a member. It's not about your preferences. It's, that got you laughing. Go look him up, Stephen Furtick. So we sing the songs that he writes. He's a great songwriter. Uh, but uh, but you, when you become a member of a church, it's not about your preferences and what you want. It's the reverse. You're saying the church is not about me. The church is about everyone. And I may not always get what I like. I have seen people do the funniest and most bizarre things because they don't have their preferences met in their church. I've seen people say, well, they don't do this, this, this. I will withhold my tithe. Ha! They're not going to get any of my money until they sing this way and the pastor wears a suit and da-da-da-da-da. They're not going to get one penny of my money. Do you know what the person is doing when they're doing that? You know who they're robbing? They're not robbing the church. They're robbing God. <laughs> like you're, You don't give money to a church because you're giving it to a church. In the end, it's God who uses all these things. People are ah, not going to give my money. That's because of a country club mentality. So you, you don't do that when you're a biblical member of a church. You're saying it's not about my preferences. It's not about my desires. Now, here in the province of Quebec, especially but in North American church, in a general sense, here's the number one thing I have heard, just in, in Quebec is my experience, a little bit of Canada, but mostly in Quebec. Here's the number one thing I heard. I am not being blank, and so I'm leaving. What's the blank? Starts with an F, and it's not a bad word. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not being fed, so I'm leaving. And I will go somewhere where I am fed. And then they go somewhere where they're fed and they leave there too <laughs> because they're on a feeding frenzy. In, in New Testament membership, you say, no, 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 it's not about my preferences and my desires. It's about everybody. It's about me giving, right? 
rather than consuming. Great example, Jesus himself. Have this mind among yourselves, Philippians 2, which is yours in Christ Jesus. In other words, copy him who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. If there's anyone who could have said, I want it my way, I want my preference, I want my desire, it's Jesus himself. And what does he say when he's about to face the cross? Not my will, but yours be done as he as he prays so a healthy church member says uh, 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 it's not about my preferences my desires i may not like everything pastor doesn't look like stephen furtick pastor may not always preach great messages but you know what it's not about that it's about me being a part of something that's bigger than myself and me uh, uh serving the whole number number four there's two more i will pray for my church leaders and I'm going to sound a little bit self-serving here, um, and it, it makes me feel a bit awkward, I suppose, but I'll do it anyway. Um, you need to pray for your pastor. Okay, I like it when people pray for me. I like it when people pray for my family. You, you all have a great liberty in the sense that you don't carry the, the, you know, the burden of being, being a pastor. And you may say, well, <laughs> it looks to me like it's the reverse. looks like you got the job of your dreams, and I'm the one who's burned. Okay, let me read to you what the standard is of someone who puts himself in this particular role. If anyone aspires to be in the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. It could be he or she. Therefore, an overseer must be. This is what I have to be. Above reproach. If they're married, the husband of one wife or the wife of one husband, if it's a woman, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, you don't have to worry about that with me, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money, he must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. If someone doesn't know how to manage his own house, how can he take care of God's church? He can't be a recent convert or he'll become puffed up with conceit and fall into the devil's condemnation. He must be well thought of by outsiders, so he may not fall into disgrace or the snare of the devil. Yeesh. Any of you want to be a pastor? It's a very, very, like, wow, what kind of crazy, ridiculous standard is that? That's why you need to pray for your pastor, okay? The, the demands of ministry are at times insane. I have had weeks, as I've told you, you know, in recent days of insanity, like, you know, when you have to do three funerals in one week, I've had to do that before, three in one week, oh, you know, and two Bible studies and a partridge and a pear tree, and this one's in crisis, and this hospital visit, and this, and this, and this, and by the way, you also need to run your house well, um, like, you need to pray for your, your leadership, you need to pray for, for me, pray for my uh, my family, you know what the demands are on pastors' spouses and pastors' children? They're really, really re strange. I've seen people get upset because, well, the, uh, the pastor's kid, uh, I don't like their hair. <laughs> don't like the way they dress. You know, sometimes people look at what pastors' spouses wear and they wonder, well, where'd she, where'd she get that coat? That's where my time goes. 
<laughs> like people, people think that way sometimes, okay? The craziest, craziest things. Rather than doing that, you need to pray for your leadership, all right? It's not an easy thing to do. Uh, number five, we're almost done. I will lead my family to be healthy church members. Example of the Philippian jailer. I love the story. We talked about it when we baptized people. You've got this guy, this prison guard in Philippi, and and he hears Paul and Silas in jail. They've been thrown in jail there, and he hears them singing and praying, and this weird thing happens, and the prison doors break open, and the prison guard was sleeping on his post. He says, oh, I'm going to lose my life now in accordance with Roman law. He's about to kill himself because he thinks all the prisoners are gone, and Paul and Silas, Pilus, Paul and Silas say, wait, 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 we're right here. And he, he, the, the prison guard says, well, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says to him, you need to believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. I love the story. And so the, the jailer brings Paul and Silas to his house and, and bandages their wounds. They had been beaten very severely and they, they come to faith, the whole household. And uh, they, they feed Paul and Silas, and they're, they're baptized in water. It's an amazing story. But the whole family is touched by the gift of salvation. And what healthy church members do is they say, you know what? If I have family, even if it's not necessarily immediate family that I live with, but if I have family, guess what? That's my mission field. So many people are one, you know, you're the only Christian in your house. You're the only Christian in your family. I have met so many uh, couples in what I call spiritual mismatches, right? Your, you, your spouse is not a Christian, but you are, and you're trying to navigate that whole thing. And how do I make it all fit? And how do I make it all work? And I've met so many couples like that. Well, you know what? Your mission field is that spouse of yours. It's that son of yours, that daughter of yours, that uncle, that cousin, that whatever. That's, your, that's the people who you're trying to influence and even bring them into this whole family of faith. So the, the, the church is a spiritual family. Then you have your kind of biological family. Well, or, you know, family maybe of extended relatives, let's say. Well, the two have to kind of coincide. One is a picture of the other. So if you've got people who you, who you live with or you live near or whatever, and they're kind of family, well, what are you doing about that? I will lead my family. It's not only for me to be healthy church members. And finally, last but not least, I will treasure church membership as a gift. It's a gift. It's not an entitlement. It's a gift because it is linked to salvation. In the Bible, membership is because you have decided to believe. And by believing, you become a member of the church around the world, the church worldwide. By grace, you have been saved, Ephesians 2, through faith. This is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. It is a gift, and you express that gift by being part of a local church just as you are right here. So those are the six kind of attitudes of a church member, and they apply across the board, in my view, in any church anywhere. Do you have any questions about any of this before we finish up today and I give you an opportunity to become members of this church? There are five right now, by the way. 
we needed to have some sort of membership to go to the Canada Revenue Agency in accordance with the law. So there's five members right now. You can join us, myself, my wife, and those three who I introduced who are on the Pastors' Council. That's the membership right now. So it's an open door uh, to grow right now, at least as far as those folks are concerned. Do you have any questions about any of this? Has anything interested you or tickled you or you want to comment or agree, disagree, anything? I'm that good of a communicator? I don't think so, okay? Is there anything? I've seen some people, you know, you, you've laughed a little or you, you turned your head a little bit to the side. Any questions about any of this? Going once, yes. Very good. Yeah, very good observation, Viano. So again, it's not a country club membership. It's the total, total opposite. It's about your attitude more than anything else that makes makes you a healthy church member and that makes the church healthy. Good question or good observation. Anybody else? You have your chance to ask, and I, I do not mind. You can ask me any question you want about anything that you have heard. This is a sort of state of the state of the union address in part, I suppose. But if you have any questions, I would be really happy to entertain them. Yes, Robert. Well, I'm glad you asked. So if you want to become a member of this church, you have to submit your blood type, your ancestry, proof of your Christianity, proof. No, I'm kidding. If you want to become a member of this church, there are envelopes out in the corridor on a table. And all you need to do is take that envelope. That envelope has two things in it. It has a one-sheet membership uh, commitment form, one sheet, which is this message. So you're basically signing your name, yes. I will be a functioning member, a unifying member. I will not let it be about my, you know, all those things we went through. And you're saying, yep, I will do that. And if you fill out that form and sign your name and date it, you are a member of this church, presto. That's, that's pretty well it. Also in that envelope is a rather dry but important, if we're going to follow the laws of the land, a constitution and bylaws. Oh, ask the pastor's council about this and they'll tell you all the work we put into it. So according to the laws of the land, you have to have a set of um, articles and bylaws, they call it. So who are you? How are you? How do you run? What are you about? Because if we want to be a real church, there's like that administrative piece as well. So the, the envelope has that in it. A lot of people don't read that sort of thing, but I'm obliged to to give it to you so that you can see it. Uh, but really, it's a one-page thing that you sign. Sign it, give me back the form, and you're in. That's pretty easy. Yes, Harry. Yep. 
So it, we're part of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, just 1,200 churches across the nation. Um, we will allow, our church will allow you to transfer a membership in. So a person from another PAOC church who wants to, you know, move their membership to us, they can do that. Um, we will allow it, but the other church has to as well. Some churches don't do that. Uh, they say, no, we're not, we're not transferring membership. Too bad for them. They have to do it the way that their new church wants to do it. Here, you don't really need to do a transfer because all, all we're saying right now is you sign a form. I mean, you're in the membership class right now. <laughs> I've made it that easy for you. It's not a 10, 12-week, 15-week thing. Like, it's you've heard what it means. You sign and you're in. So there's really no need for a transfer in our setup. We have, we have a nice um, kind of, it, because we're new, because we don't have any membership, you know, it's, hey, the door's open. Do you know what I mean? So I like that. We can create something uh, from scratch. You know, you all will be part of history. You'll be the first members of City Point Church. And 100 years from now, 200 years from now, whatever, when you're gone, you can write on your, you know, <laughs> I was one of the first members of that church. You know, I'm just saying it's really nice we get to create something new. So while we do, uh, we have no problem with the transfer in. We'll even transfer out. But you don't, you don't really need to do it. You just need to sign a piece of paper. Sign it and date it, and you're in. It's about your, about your attitude. Great question. Any other ones? And by the way, it's not for perfect people, huh? It's for people who say, listen, my attitude has to, I understand that. That makes real sense to me, and, you know, I'm, I will be willing to do that. And even if you say, well, I'm not even sure where I'm at on your sort of spiritual continuum, well, why don't you, why don't you join and you'll keep, keep going on that journey, <laughs> okay? So I don't litmus test you at the door, you know, prove to me you're a Christian. Prove it, prove it! So, any other questions, observations? You sure? Now's your chance. You can ask me anything, it's all right. You can ask me about money, you can ask me about whatever you want. Again, just between us, although now people on Facebook are watching. Hi to everyone on Facebook. You're not talking back. Sometimes they do, you know, they send comments. And by the way, we're reaching a new audience, and guess who's paying for it? You are. Uh, and just to let you know, because the world has changed and because of the technology that's now in church life, there are people who are watching this. I know because I dialogue with them electronically sometimes. There are people who are watching this who are quite engaged in the life of our church, and they're also paying for it. So they give. They give quite regularly. Uh, we may not see them uh, physically and in person, but they're in. They're in and they're there. And by the way, those of you who are watching on Facebook, you know who you are. Uh, this applies to you as well. I'll give you the form somehow. Uh, you'll probably be here in person at some point soon, and so we'll take care of that. So this applies to you as well. Any other questions before we finish? Going once? Wow, you didn't sleep today. Man, on a sermon on church membership, you didn't sleep. That's amazing, amazing. Congratulations. All right, well, please stand with me. I'm going to close in prayer. And again, you want to become a member of this church or even think about it, ponder it? The envelopes are outside, and you can pick one up, and it's, it's all there. It's all pretty, pretty straightforward. 
uh, given the time, you know what? We don't need to call the band forward. I'm just going to pray with you and let you go. But don't run out too quick, all right? I'd like to say goodbye to you before you leave today. 